Hey everybody, it's Derek. Uh, as you can probably guess, things are a bit funky over here at Dane and Derek HQ. Uh, suffice to say, we've had all sorts of hardware and technical issues these last few weeks, and we don't have a brand new episode this week, unfortunately. So, in light of that, we're actually going to be releasing the very first episode that we ever recorded for the podcast. When we started this podcast, we wanted to make sure that we had a strong concept of what we were doing initially, so we recorded a bunch of pilots, I think seven or so, before we actually put out our very first episode. So this week's episode will be that first episode we recorded. It's called A Decade Old, and it recounts, it's just really just us recounting how old we are, and how we know each other, and various bits and bobs and memories. It's kind of a story time episode. It's a bit loose, so get ready for just for a very chill episode, and... So sit back, relax, and enjoy this throwback episode while we go record some new episodes for you next week. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate your support, and we really appreciate that you like to listen in on our phone calls. It's kind of cool. So, uh, yeah, uh, here you go. Now playing A Decade Old. The Dane and Derek Show is an uncensored, unfiltered podcast. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. Hello, and welcome to the Dane and Derek Show, a podcast where two nerdy friends attempt to keep in touch. I'm Derek. Oh, uh, yeah, and, and I'm I'm Dane. I had uh, I, I thought <laughs> you were going to go a bit a little bit longer, so I I, I took a sip of tea, thinking that Did, was going to be cool, but I was wrong. <laughs> you um, know, I when I looked at the writing, I realized, wow, I didn't put a period, I didn't put anything about myself. Mm-hmm. I just put I'm Derek. Yeah, you're Derek. I'm, I'm Derek. Dane. I'm like uh, a person who who writes and podcasts and i run a library sometimes but that's that's <laughs> been before that's that was in the before times now i manage an email inbox um <laughs> yeah yeah what do you what do you do you do things that are very interesting so i'm gonna take a long <laughs> sip of my tea and let you just talk sounds good i mean i'm a filmmaker a writer and right now I, you know, clean cameras for a big digital media company. And occasionally I use those cameras to help people film videos. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't podcast that often, but when I do, I, I, I guess I, I talk. Uh, <laughs> hey, it's, it's all good. Talking is important. Mm-hmm. What do you write yeah. is a good question because neither of us said what we write. Like oh, that's a great question. You just yeah. said we I write, write, and that's such a yeah. broad area. I write screenplays. I write screenplays. What do you write, Dane? Poetry and fiction, basically. Well, I also mm. write uh, nonfiction, but it's... I, some of the pieces I've written that were poetry have been published in nonfiction, and some of the nonfiction I've written have been published in poetry. So I think in that particular case, the line there is, very blurry like i don't write biographies and i do not write any anything about like the real world i just write about weird shit that's happened and try and make it prettier than it was um (laughs) (laughs) that's a quite a shift sounds like you've transcended a few genre categories uh yeah genre is bullshit um (laughs) as uh my very favorite teacher often says uh, yeah, no, genres, genres, an, an illusion that we, it's a structure I think that we use to, um, organize art, but it only works and is helpful so far in talking about things and describing them. I often find that the moment mm-hmm. you start living genre, like, like it's truth, 
you start closing doors to um, what you can do artistically. And I sound pompous as hell. Jesus. Um, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying is like <laughs> people should make more uh, like high octane action musicals is what I'm saying. Like mm. do it like, like I, a speed I, metal Western. Exactly. There you go. Like, that's what I mean. It's just <laughs> blend stuff, get creative. Don't let people define you. I, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. um, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. on that note, what have you been up to, Dane? Okay. That's such a big question. What do you mean? What do you, what do you mean? You say, what have I been up to? Like in the last week, mean, what have you been doing? Oh, in the, in the last week, what have you been doing? In the last week, what have I been doing? That's such a weird question now because the, it's the different, like we used to do different things on weekends and weekdays. <laughs> um, but, uh, I kind of got into like a weird rough patch this last week. Uh, my computer died on Saturday, uh, which I didn't love. I really didn't love that um, because I, I I I edit on Sundays and then release said episodes on Mondays. It's a terrible habit that I've fallen oh. into. I know I shouldn't. <laughs> I know I shouldn't do that, but I fell into that trap. I'm planning on getting out of it this week, but I was I had to get a new computer within like literally less than 48 hours. And wow. I managed. And it's all the episode came out today and everything. I but uh no, this past week has been one of like trying really hard and being actually in like a place to make stuff and be like happy. Like I've woken mm-hmm. up on like the right side of the bed most days of the past week and then life just gets in my way. And <laughs> like, you know, like in a really tangible way, it's been things like uh, coworkers uh, falling ill. And so I have to like go put out fires there or, uh my computer dies right like it's really external stuff like nor like often i wake up and i'm like i'm not happy and my brain is just being mean to me like it's not a thing (laughs) of like anything's wrong in my life uh but this past week it's like oh no no there's like i'm just in trouble oh but i did go mini golfing yesterday nice my girlfriend and i and um our friends who are a couple and like we wore masks the whole time and we were we were um socially distancing and everything and all all that good stuff but like it's been a long time since i went to a place and like paid for a ticket to a thing Mm. like they didn't really hand me a ticket you know Mm -hmm. but i went to a front desk and was like i would like to pay money to do something and it was very fun Mm -hmm. uh it helps that i won i won the, the mini golf wow uh yeah no i I, I won. I'm, I'm amazing apparently. Um, but <laughs> it was, it was, it was bizarre. Like it was bizarre to both do something very normal and then kind of realize that we were still being weird. Like these are people who we would hug and we didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, like I didn't, like, I didn't bump into anybody by accident, even at like, kind of like, a public place because it's still mm-hmm. kind of deserted and everybody's keeping away from each other, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that's sad. Like it's sad. There's something very sad about that. Yeah. But anyways, what, what do you, what about you? 
Um, what the hell have you been up to for the last week? Uh, you know, so your comment about waking up on the right side of the bed is funny because this entire week I've woken up on the wrong side of the bed. <laughs> and I've been really well, grumpy all week. But I have Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood to get me through it. I'm 15 episodes away from the end of it, and I'm dying to finish it. Um, and that's been like something I've been doing in, like as a way to just take my mind off of things. I've been working a lot in the office, out of the office. And, uh, you know, when I get home, I'm just so burnt out. I just want to watch anime and do nothing. But, you know. Well, it sounds like we've both had, you know, weeks. We've had them. They <laughs> yeah. happened. I swear. They happened, yeah. Um, well, we, we kind of talked about this earlier, but we, we talked about the stuff we write. Mm-hmm. Um, what, like... Who, like, how do we know each other? Because, I mean, I'm, ass- I'm going to assume right now everyone that's listening to this already knows us. But, probably. Like, I mean, probably. You know, like, yeah. And, I mean, this this whole idea was kind of born out of us realizing that we have been friends for a decade. Yeah. Which is quite astounding. Um, right, because we should also say we're we're 24. So yes, yeah, we're 24 at the time of this recording. <laughs> yeah, uh, the so a decade for people who are 24 is close to half of our lives. So yeah, it's been yeah. a minute. So mm-hmm. yeah, so this is so. By the way, if anybody's listening to this and just like, are they just shooting the shit yeah yeah that's yeah that, that's like, exactly what we're doing yeah cool if you're here <laughs> but this is for us yeah like you're cool and i and i hope you come on this journey with us but this isn't about you this is mm-hmm. about me and derek yep. so yeah okay uh so we met freshman year of high school correct for anyone else who can do math um and we were in did we meet in jazz band we yes. must have met in jazz band. That was the only class we had together. Yeah. I think that's the only class we've ever had together. Yeah, we never. No. No, there was one more, but I don't remember what it was. I'm trying to think. Was it? It must have been like a history. Oh, class. no. It was, um, <laughs> Derek, it was aerobic walking our senior oh, year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For that last PE credit. Oh. Uh, Wow. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, jazz band. <laughs> yes. Yes, we met in jazz band. Uh, Derek, you played. I played tenor. Very, I was. No, oh I, yeah, I played no, tenor that played at the tenor time. that year. And then you switched to tenor that year. I did. I switched from alto yeah. sax to tenor, which is mm-hmm. funny because in college I switched back to alto. Mm. Um. Not that that really matters. Uh, but yeah, so you you and I both played tenor sax. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really get to know you that year, though. Yeah, is, is we... the truth. Mm-hmm. I was we busy sat on, that year. Yes, you were very busy that year. We also yeah. sat on opposite sides of the arrangement because tenor one and tenor two sit opposite of each other. Right, right, right. So for people who don't know, uh, jazz bands... Uh, Despite their their original origin as a very like pop, cool, laid back music, have a lot of rules now, uh, <laughs> and I firmly blame the fact that it has been that that jazz has fallen out of out of style, which is sort of a shame. And mm. 
become the realm of of schools and academia, not really the realm of like pop music. So there's like a strict seating chart for <laughs> for jazz bands, which is yeah. front row is saxophones always. And then behind them are trombones, weirdly. And then trumpets are in the back and they stand, damn it. They have to stand. Yep. And then behind them or off to the side can be the drummers and the guitar players and the bass players. Essentially, yeah. uh, that is where the cool people get to be. Mm-hmm. But if you're usually, yeah. And then usually get the guitars on the left and the bass players on the right. because all exactly. the bass instruments line up and all the uh, uh, lead instruments line up. Right. And then so you have baritone sax on one end and with the tenor two and then you have tenor one on the other end and then you in the middle you have uh in the very middle after the 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 tenor two you have alto one and then you have alto two right next to them in theory mm-hmm. you're only supposed to have five saxophones but often whatever it's not it, it is important but it's not important uh mm-hmm. so yeah so derek and i were on opposite ends of the of the jazz band were you tenor two or was i tenor two or did we swap so i was tenor one mm-hmm. and then halfway through the year it was pretty clear you were better than me and so they swapped us right to be <laughs> i want to be clear derek was not a bad player i just want to i have a music degree we'll just we'll just say yeah that. Dan um, has a music degree i <laughs> i just like being loud right which is right. why which is why like more importantly sophomore year we were when we were also in jazz band I switched to tenor. I switched no, to baritone. Switched and you switched to Barry. You sax. were, yeah. And then there was someone. Yeah, I switched to Barry Sachs. But then, how did we sit? Why did we sit next to each other? Um, did you switch to? No, no, Derek. You forget. We moved up that year. Did we move up? Right, because the Barry Sachs player from the year before. Uh, Oh yeah. No, no, the tenor. No. Okay, from our, we, during our freshman year in the upper jazz band, we were in the lower jazz band. Also for people who don't know, basically there are like uh there's like varsity versus like JV uh yeah. jazz bands at oh, least at yeah, our high school. Right. So we went from JV to varsity in our sophomore year because the tenor one left. Um Yeah, wait, didn't they combine so there was the freshman band, then the JV band, then the varsity band. Didn't JV and freshman combined? They combined our sophomore year. And that's why. And that's why. Two. Yeah. So okay. that's why we moved up. Um, so gotcha. then there was only J, there was only freshman JV and the varsity band. Right. So then okay. we, we moved up and the person who had been on Barry uh, went to tenor one because that's what they really yes. wanted to do. The, the person who had been on tenor two went to alto one because that's what they really wanted to do. Right. So you and I got called up to be the low end of the sax section. Right. Um, and then Nathan and Robert came up to both play alto two. Mm-hmm. Right. I, okay. That makes a lot more sense. Yes. Nathan and Robert yeah. are some of our other friends. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, You've and probably he, seen them in movies we've made. <laughs> probably. Yeah. So... So yeah, so my freshman year though, we didn't hang out uh, mainly because I didn't have time for friends because I was going through cancer treatment. I'm fine. It was it was a bad 
it was a bad it was a bad freshman year everybody has a bad year in high school mine was my freshman year and it was not mm-hmm. because i got bullied or something uh <laughs> yeah so i just didn't have time to like meet people mm-hmm. uh so yeah, yeah in sophomore year was that yeah that was so yeah we sat next to each other mm-hmm. and we found out that we both played dungeons and dragons yeah yeah. And we also found and then you also got into Biff that year. Yep. I started working for the the Boulder International Film Fest. Um, yeah. And basically we started hanging out because of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. And play we played a lot of Dungeons and Dragons. We did. We did play a lot of D&D. That was back during the 4th edition, which is terrible for everybody. Just Yep. If you want play 3.5, play the 2nd edition, play the original, play 5e. Don't play 4. Yeah. I mean, Don't actually, you know what? There is, I will say there has been a resurgence of people who really like fourth edition um, lately, like just really? online. Yeah. Huh. It's just, it's just a subset. Like, I don't know, like, and you know, more power to them. We played great games in fourth edition. It, the, the rules were bad, but it doesn't stop you from having a good time. Yeah. Time it, I mean, you know? yeah. And I think that the crowd of people we played with were a lot of video gamey mmo kind of guys really it's fourth edition is really good for people who are like i don't ever i i just want i just want it to be kind of clear i want to like have a tap it was it was weird whatever Mm -hmm. um so yes we played D D, and then derek and i found out that we both did um movies we both did some some film stuff yeah so you were doing heroics 101 you shot the first couple of episodes um you had me because we started hanging out with some of the same people too we had we had like mutual friends so Mm -hmm. you had me come on and do kind of a bit part kind of an extra sort Mm -hmm. of role or kind of both yes really with uh for like the fourth episode i think yeah it was Um, the fourth one we shot but the second one we aired mm -hmm. which yeah yeah. very confusing but yes (laughs) um I, I adore you. When I say this, that was a that was a, it was it was a mess from like a production oh, yeah. standpoint. Um, I vaguely remember saying something to you to the effect of like, "Please let me produce this for you. Like, please <laughs> just let me do this." Um, <laughs> do, what's funny it, is I read something like that. It, this is how I remember it going. We were just standing around, like waiting for something to happen, and you just looked. Oh, you didn't even look over at me. You just said, "I'm going to produce this, Derek." <laughs> oh, was I that assertive? Wow. Yeah, you're like All you're right. like I'm going to produce this, and I was like, "Please, God, th- thank you. Like, I need help. I can't do this alone." <laughs> yeah. Then we started doing. We started. We yeah. Basically, after that, we started doing. Uh, you know, like we started putting together shot lists and planning, mm-hmm. planning things out. Like it was still the best we could do learning as yeah. we went. But yeah, for a bunch of 16 year olds and their friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With no money. <laughs> yeah. Essentially. You know, yeah. Like you, I mean, when, when you came on, you were like, look, like how, like, where do you see the show going? Like, what do you want to do with it? You know, what have you been thinking about? And those were things I had not considered. And you helped set deadlines, you know, you helped me make shot lists, you helped coordinate a lot of the extras and a lot of the crew. In addition to acting and to helping write some of these episodes too, like you were really doing it all. Um, 
Yeah, the only yeah. thing I really, really didn't do was anything close to directing. I just didn't want it. Like I was like, mm-hmm. nah, man, that's not my that's not my jam. Oh. Yeah, well, I mean, it was a real jank show to to direct because we had to like frame out all these houses all the time and like yeah. do all those camera tricks. So it to to it was one of those things where even if I didn't want to direct it, it wouldn't make sense because it's it was already so. There were so many like nuances to shooting it so cheaply. Yeah, basically, <laughs> basically, if basically being director and and DP, um, it took everything out of you. Like you, that mm-hmm. was that was it was so hard. Um, yeah, and I did all of post. Yes, you did do all of post. which. I learned how to do VFX and sound design for this, which was yeah. something that wasn't previously in my wheelhouse. No, but. Very fun though. Very yeah. fun thing we did for a few years there. I know. And then that following year, after after our sophomore year, I gathered you and some of our other friends and just kind of decided we we're all in the film festival together now. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> and it's that was a joy. That was genuinely a joy. And that's like that's where I think we all really, really, really became friends. Yeah, because um, every Tuesday we'd hop in your car, go down yeah. to Boulder, and then be around other people like us, talking about art and movies, and yeah. working with some great people. Like Ruth and uh, Patty were fantastic. They were and, fantastic. Like you know the bonding moments of driving in your car and listening to whatever yeah. music was playing. You yeah, know. my my old fucking Subaru. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ruth and Rest Patty and were our boss they were bosses of ours essentially mm-hmm. is probably the best way to describe them yeah and we we did that for a few years and then we kept in touch through college met up in between mm-hmm. and now yeah. you're in la and i'm back in boulder um yep and yeah. you podcast as I your podcast and, and you write and yeah you don't and like you, I mean, do you still compose music? Do you still, are you still in a band? Uh, no, I compose, I compose music for the podcast. Okay. Uh, and I play, uh, for fun. So I guess, I guess I should tell that story briefly since we're just kind of doing like bios here. I went to college for music and that was both a great choice and a terrible choice <laughs> on the one hand. I made it through college, uh, which I'll just let you let you all in a little secret. If you have a life threatening disease young, that kind of changes your growth uh, as a person. And one of the ways it changed my growth was like, I don't care about school for shit. Like, I just don't. Uh, I would go to school and I would feel like it's worthless. I'd get the grades I needed to keep my parents off my back, but no more, no less. Um so I knew that if I was going to get through college, I had to do something I really, really enjoyed. So I picked music, right? Like I, I kind of considered film. I, 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 I was kind of like torn between doing some film and music and I just kind of like landed on music, not really for any particular reason over film, but I did. And I will say the school I went to, the teacher I had, my direct professor beat the love of music out of me. Like it, it, he just did. Like somehow he got it all twisted up with my self-worth. Like I was playing so much that I would bleed, like literally bleed. Um, Jeez. 
Yeah, yeah. Like, I would stop playing when, like, blood was coming out of my mouth. I'd take a break. Maybe I'd eat. And then I'd go back to it. Like, it was... It got kind of nightmarish. And so, like, about halfway through that degree, I started leaning in towards... um, singing over playing over playing like the saxophone which really helped and really helped me get through the rest of that degree without having to like change majors halfway through because also just a heads up a music degree is a pain it's a pain in the ass because you have to take like 10 to 12 classes a a semester and you may not be getting a full uh 15 credits even because each class is like one credit it's a nightmare but your schedule is full anyways i digress so I did that. Um, I really leaned back into my love of tabletop role-playing games. Um, and I always kind of liked love podcasts and radio. Uh, and then I took uh, some creative writing courses. Uh, if I had stayed another year, I probably would have gotten a minor or a major in writing. Uh, just to kind of get through it. So like, I came out the other side the whole time. I never really intended to do like... <sighs> Like I kind of considered for for a long time going, continuing and getting like my master's, like I applied for graduate school and everything and got in a couple places. And then like I got my acceptance letters and I was so fucking done. Like literally, uh, Gracie handed me an acceptance letter to one of the, one of the better schools, uh, in the West and in the country, uh, for composing music. And I looked at it, saw that I'd gotten accepted I kind of tossed it aside and I went back to uh, being the, uh, the DM, the GM for the game I was playing. Like I was so done at that point that I just want, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it at all. Um, so after college, like I, I put my, I've put my saxophone away. I'm looking at it right now. It's in the closet, like literally like <laughs> under some like coats and stuff. And on the one hand, that's sad. Like that is sad. But on the other on my right, on the other, my my studio where I'm recording this from is also dominated by a piano. I, I just kind of went out and bought one, and I play music every day, but it's only for me now. Like I'll compose music, but only for the podcast that I love doing. Like nobody's going to force me or trick me into thinking that this is is anything but a joy again. Like mm-hmm. like that was like the biggest mistake i i made in college was letting someone convince me that my self-worth and my art are the same thing mm. you know they're not yeah no that's a very important lesson because i think a lot like when you are an artist you are very quick to put a lot of yourself into your work and pour a lot of your time and it's it, you, it can be very dangerous like managing that and managing those feelings because it's very easy to say I'm a terrible person because I made something bad, but did you really make something bad or did you just make something not up to someone else's standards? And that's a really real fine line. And I'm glad that it sucks that you had to go through that, but I'm glad that you learned that because that's something that even I still struggle with. Um, but I'm glad that you're able to, to do it for you because that's ultimately like what like in order to be successful at anything, you have to do it for yourself. You know, you have to really love it for what it is, not for what you or what someone else wants it to be, you know? Yeah. I mean, totally like, and it's like, and, and it, it's, 
it's not the same thing as not striving for excellence or looking for your audience necessarily. Mm -hmm. You know, like I still write poetry and fiction, you know, like I do and I seek to get them published, but it's, but when I get a rejection letter now, I don't feel bad about me. Mm -hmm. Like I'm like, ah, damn it. Like, you know, like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing. And like, it can even be a little bit of a sting, right? Because like, you're right. You do put a lot of yourself into your work. And when someone gives you a rejection like that, like, it's like, oh, you didn't like me, you know, but like, it's different than being like, oh, and suddenly that makes me a bad person. It's been kind of freeing to, 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 to kind of come out the other side on that, you know? Yeah. 100%. I mean, it's like, you know. It's like an avatar. Like you have to let go of your earthly tethers, you know? You do. You do have to open that seventh chakra, don't you? Yeah. You have to get Because it's there. like, exactly. It's the only way to like truly enjoy it. Like, because like when you're younger, you enjoy it because you have no concept of what you expect. Mm-hmm. And the older you get, you're only beset by more and more expectations that can damage what you do. And learning, unlearning those expectations, or at least learning how to not let them bother you is really important. Yeah. It sounds, you know, so you're bringing this up and it's reminding me of a lot of conversations we had in college in particular, where it feels like you struggled with this. Um, You, your voice as like a writer has always been very fantastic if that makes sense. Like, um, like even when you write, uh, like typical, like fiction scripts that aren't, uh, like literal fantasy or science fiction or speculative fiction, they always have a, a twinge of the fantastic. Um, and, and I remember you in college fighting that sometimes, you know, Due to like the expectations of film school. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. It sounds like we both had a really rough time in, in art school. Like film school really did kick my ass. <laughs> you know, I haven't met a person who went to an art school where it didn't kick their ass in one way or another. Yeah. Um, I think that's, it's a part of the process, right? Cause like you, you get your whole world shaken up and then you start to, latch onto other things and you sort of have to work your way through the notes to figure out what's really useful for you. Right. Because it's not like, it's not like engineering. So a lot of our friends, Robert and Nathan, uh, our other friend, Mr. Will Cordell, like a lot of our uh, people we know went to engineering school, like a weirdly high mm-hmm. number of them. Um, yeah. And Gage too. Yeah, Gage. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Like a lot of them there's a right way to do engineering and science. Like there are influences on them. And, um, but like two plus two equals four, you know, like paint plus brush does not equal art, you know, like, and so the thing is like in art school, you are thrown into a sea of influences, your instructors, your peers, uh, the like the zeitgeist of art at large um which is like something i'm fighting against in poetry in particular which is like for a long time now poetry has been like 
angry and sad. Like it just has been like, you're supposed to put your pain on the page. And I'm just not super interested in doing that. Like not in the way that they ask you to with like a ton of vitriol and like hate. Uh, so there are certain like places you like my work can't get published. Like no matter how good it is, no matter how like technically good my writing is on the page, if I don't conform to their expectation of what good poetry is, uh, because that's what's popular right now, it will not be published. Right. So have you, it's so, so art school is just like all of that condensed, right? Like you, you just get in there and people like try to take your voice and mold it right. Like into what they think your voice should be. You know, sometimes it's, it, sometimes it's bad, like straight up bad. Like one of my professors, he was just bad for my voice as an artist. And then, uh, another one of my professors, his wife, ironically, uh, was better. She molded my voice in ways in retrospect I didn't like, but it was not malicious necessarily. Like her thing was she wanted me to write longer and longer music. Um, like I wrote a piece once that was like, three minutes and i was like this is three great minutes of choir music i was like really happy with it and she made me stretch it into six um and like i like looking back on like it was still fine but i looking back on it i'm like why why do we do this like why did i do this and let her pull me this way like what did these three minutes add and i'm like i don't know i don't know it was her to it was to her taste she liked it being six minutes um Whereas as you pretty well know, I'm obsessed with things that are short. Like I want, I want shorter books. I want shorter movies. Like, like I would rather have a perfect 45 minute movie or like two hour video game than an 80 hour RPG experience and like a three hour action epic, you know, like just give me the thing clear, clearly, you know? So on the other hand, my favorite teacher, my writing teacher was kind of amazing in the sense that he he openly admitted that he has preferences and there are things he likes and and that sort of thing, but he's like I just want you to be honest. You know? Like I'm not he was a, he was a writing teacher and he, so he was like write the thing that you want to write um and write the thing how you think it should sound. Don't try to please me. Uh, and he took grades out of it. Like he took grades out of it completely. Like if you did all the stuff, you were going to get an A. And if you did nothing, you were going to get an F. Like he doesn't hand out like B's or C's or D's. Like they, they just don't exist in his classes. You either failed his course or you didn't. Um, so he took out all the, the reason to try and please him for the most part. Like he's a great, he's a great writer and a great teacher. So you kind of end up wanting to please him. But the thing that he, uh, that often, pleased him most was when he felt like you wrote something that you liked, if that makes sense. Um, like I remember the day, uh, I brought him science fiction that I'd written for the first time. Like before that I had, I had strictly written poetry for him because I was so nervous about creative writing. I thought it was about like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't feel like I was good at it. So I cloaked all my creative writing in like being like, no, I'm writing lyrics. Like I'm writing lyrics for choir, potential choir music. Um, and, but the first day I brought him science fiction that I just kind of written for fun because I felt like it and I was kind of inspired. 
he was just as excited to see that as he was excited to see like angsty poetry from one of mm-hmm. my classmates. And I was like, Oh wow. That's a good teacher. Yeah. Um, Nurturing yeah. versus, deli- you know, deliberating a, a right versus wrong. For sure. Yeah, for sure. So have we moved on to topic number two? Kind of. Yeah. I, and I think honestly, like, it's hard to talk about who we are without talking about what we do, because what we do is so integral to who we are and how we met. You know, it's really true. We, it's, you and I became friends over music and film and writing and just, mm-hmm. and, and role-playing games, tabletop role-playing yeah. games. Yeah. Um, A lot, like all the things that we still do today, which is pretty, pretty great. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, that's, it's one of those things where like when you're a kid, you hope that you can still do fun things with your friends and, you know, having it been a decade and we've still managed to, you know, play the occasional game or collaborate on the occasional film or podcast, like what we're doing now. It's great. You know, it's, it's really nice. And it's like, if it's, you know, we've talked about this before, but it's when you, collaborate with friends you know there's a there's a certain level of trust and a camaraderie that comes with it you know you have that shared experience of you know being on set when the rain hit or being on set when the snow hit or being at the film festival when (laughs) um yeah man so i mean that's i think the important part is that like you know i mean we've talked about this before about how we don't keep in touch often enough, but you know, that's just the nature of life. And I think it's important to, you know, remember, it's important to remember the people that were there with you at the beginning. Cause like, you know, like I'll be real, like without you, dude, like I never would have made that web series and I never would have made all those films we made. And I never would have made the wedding crasher, which arguably is the only reason why I got to go to film school. And like you shot that thing having you like never a DP'd and you shot that thing, you know, you were like, sure, I'll do it. And that film is what changed everything for me. So like, you know, our, our lives and our creative work together is so integral to just everything that's happened, which is pretty, pretty wild. That's true. What all did I do for that film? I'm trying to remember now. You did the soundtrack. I did. I did. That was one of the first things you did the soundtrack on. Yeah, it and was. that started the trend of you doing the soundtrack for a bunch of films I made after that. Because you did the soundtrack for Bros of the Realm, Spoils yep. of War, uh, You and Me, and like two other shorts that I can't remember off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I, I composed. I, I did. I did a lot of. The, I did a lot of the photography. Yeah. Um. Uh, oh, and I, I did produce that one, didn't I? Yes, you, yes, you you did you did produce that. You I still um, have the shot list. Oh my god, I still have the shot list. Yeah, you it's sent that to room. me. I can mm, yeah. I can see the book it's in from here. <laughs> oh, the old book. You also did the kind uh, task of driving me around to different thrift stores to find the oh wedding dress god, of Taylor. Right. Yeah. Oh, we got into a car accident. <laughs> yep. And I felt so bad. Because <laughs> oh. that was just so unexpected. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was all because I said, let's go to a different thrift store 
instead of just getting the dress that I wanted. Well, so we yeah. ended up going back to that other store because I kept saying, let's go to another store. Yeah, but that woman cut me off. She cut me off. Yeah, it was not bad. your fault. That was not my fault. I did. Yeah, you did everything could. you could have. Ugh. Yeah. Like, yeah. But, like, you did that. And on top of that, like, um, you also did the car stunt where you drove the car at me as I ran right. down the street. That was really stressful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who was, yeah. Who had the camera? I think... I think either Evan or Taylor held the camera. Or yeah. maybe Will. One of those three held the camera I for think that it was shot. Taylor. I think it was Taylor who held the camera. Yeah, because that was a pickup day. Yeah, that was a pickup day. She held the yeah. camera. She uh, wasn't because I was like, there's no seat. way she Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was like, there's drive. no way she would have <laughs> The funny thing though is the car looks like it's moving at like a normal speed. Um but I was driving like five miles an hour. I you know. know. Yeah, it was not. It looks a lot scarier in the movie. Also, because I hit the car with my hands. You did. You <laughs> did. Oh, we did a turn. That's the thing we did. Is I turned so that like the world would move in two mo- two directions. Yeah. At the same time, and then you hit the car with your hands really hard, like like it was. Yeah. Right. Mm. We spent hours in that church. Yeah, dude. Making movies and making music. Like, making movies in high school with you and the gang was genuinely... It's like, in my opinion, that like just sort of going out and shooting it with your friends, that's like the most pure expression of filmmaking out there. And if you can find a way to combine that with the resources of like a Hollywood film, you know, or maybe an indie film then I think you've really got something special and you know, it never really changes. You're always making films with your friends, you know? I've been thinking about that more and more because like music in college was a very solitary experience and writing like the way I do writing now is also a very solitary experience with writing. I quite like it, honestly. Like I'm like, this is nice. Like I'm just making a thing as I want to make it. I don't have to worry about anything else. But making music that way was sad because before that I'd been in bands and musical duos and and, and things like music was a thing that I did with other people. And when I composed music for films, especially at first, it was for people I liked and people I cared about. Uh, But in college, music was something you did with yourself and you would come and you would be part of a whole for a little while and then it would be over. Um, And so it, it, when I got out of college, I was like, oh my God, I want to make art with people again. Um, And so that's what the podcast I do, which uh, I should say the name of finally, which is Diceology. Or before that, it was the level <laughs> one podcast, but it's Diceology now, like Dice, like the stud, like the science of Dice, uh, <laughs> when in reality, it's a combination of the word anthology and Dice, not important. Um, I realized I wanted to be working with people again who mm-hmm. I enjoyed my time with, like we did in high school. And... So it to that end, I, I still work with one of the one person that we worked with a lot, um, a Mr. Will Bangs, mm-hmm. uh, but also someone I met in college. Her name's Natalie, and she is 
outside of working with you, I've never enjoyed working with somebody more. Just uh, hands down. She's she's a, a star. Just like, you know, like, like I always think about when you make art with somebody, it's kind of like being in a romantic relationship. You know, mm. like you're you're like, hey, but it's also like um, but it's also like kind of like having children from the beginning um it's like you know what i mean like it's like hey do you want to like make something that really matters to both of us immediately together and like have to you know like, that is a yeah. share it you know like um, that is a great way to put it that is a yeah a totally bonkers way to put it but you're right and so it's like, not that bonkers <laughs> and so like with her it's 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 similar where it's just like nope full trust like if she if like if i was like hey i need you to handle this half of it i would just be like great she's got it and i move on like in the same way that i used to trust you with that sort of thing um Mm -hmm. and so yeah it's 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 been it's been nice to work with people again and make art with people again um yeah with all the with all the joys and aggravations that that comes with, right? Because when you're together, you make something that's more than the sum of its parts, right? But you have to get everybody in that room, <laughs> you know, so to speak, <laughs> or on that Skype call. Now, I guess Skype is dead. Uh, Zoom is the thing. I remember. I I live in the modern times. I swear. Uh, do you remember when at the beginning of this, before we started recording, you said, "Hey, you can swear in this. If it slips out, that's fine." I think like. Two minutes in, you said bullshit. So. I think I did. I think I really did. And to be honest, it's like I I wouldn't have it any other way. You 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 curse, not as bad as a sailor, but you definitely when you curse, it's very poignant and very po- pointed. If that, I think pointed is the right word. Um, that's that's very nice of you to say. Like uh, yeah, like like when you curse, it matters. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Well, I fucking appreciate that, Derek. There, yeah, exactly uh, like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're just words. They're just words. Yeah, words that you can associate value to, and everybody associates different values with different words. <laughs> they really do. They really do. And that's the, the all right. Of that. Are we coming up on time? Yeah, we are coming up on time. Um, so I think we've covered a lot of ground in terms of who we are and uh, what we do. Um. Do you have any final thoughts before we say goodbye? Um, make rent, make art, help others do the same. That should be a, a sticker and a merch brand that you should sell. It's like on a t-shirt in big, bold text. I'm pretty sure I stole it from somebody else, so I won't do that, <laughs> but I super believe in it. Yeah, I feel you. And to that point, like, you know... It just go out and do it and yeah, keep in touch with people because people are what makes art fun, you know, without, totally. you know, so yeah, that's it for this week. Uh, you, uh, you can follow the show, uh, uh, at Dane and Derek show. <laughs> I don't know what that handle will be. I'll fix that later. Um, Fair enough. but you can follow me, um, at Derek Aiello, uh, that's D E E R E K A I E L L O everywhere. Um, at Derek Aiello everywhere. And, uh, Dane, uh, where can people find what, where, where you are and what you do? 
I suck at doing this. I hate self-promotion so much. Um, <laughs> but please go listen to my podcast, uh, Diceology, like D-I-C-ology, uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. Uh, it's a I, – I haven't, I haven't even said what the, what the, the show is. Uh, I spent so many hours doing this. It's, a, it's an actual play podcast where we play tabletop RPGs. Uh, think Critical Role, The Adventure Zone, Friends of the Table, that kind of stuff. Uh, you can also follow me personally and find like links to my writing and that sort of thing uh, at Dane underscore Fogdahl on Twitter. Uh, that's uh, D-A-N-E underscore F-O-G-D-A-L-L because my name is spelled weird. Um, did, cool. I, did I do that right? I think I did that right. I think you did that right. If if not, we can always re- re-record the, the tailor at the end yeah. and you know, get our socials right. Cause I definitely butchered mine, but, uh, Fair enough. you know, um, cool. Well, Dane, it was good hanging out with you. Um, sooner than, than oh, the yeah. last few times we've hung out. True. True. That is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hopefully we'll do this, uh, more frequently. Um, agreed. Yeah. We can talk about that. It was uh, a good time. Yeah. We can talk about that after. But thank you all for hanging out with us, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Can be found in the episode description. Bye. See ya. Quick editor's note before I let you all go: This was a really wild episode to listen back to. I didn't realize just how much like ground we covered in this first episode, and that we just kind of were pretty chill. It was like pretty close to our regular runtime of like forty-two something minutes. And whatever I did with the audio editing in this first episode, it's really crisp and clear. I don't know how I did it, and I'm going to have to go back to the old files to see whatever I did, because it was really nice sounding. Um, Otherwise, anyway, you don't need to hear me talk about random editing things. Thank you all for listening to this week's uh, retro throwback origin story episode that we had to release because of whatever, you know, hardware issues that we were facing. You know, the usual, the usual... mm, tech gods just uh throwing down lightning bolts at our devices um but with all that said you can find my website derekayola.com it's got all my movies of my other shows podcasts whatever what whatnot you can find and listen to and watch um and dane is at danewrites.com you can find his substack and his podcast asology there go listen to those subscribe to his substack read his stuff it's great and lastly, my film, Synagogue, that I talked briefly on the podcast about doing, or doing and then making, is going to be playing at uh, a film festival in Oregon this April. So um, keep an eye out for film festivals under the name of Disorient Asian American Film Festival of Oregon, because you can watch the film virtually as part of its shorts program, The Philippine X Lens. It'll be super fun. Um, There's passes you can get to different shorts programs. You can get tickets to different individual films. And most importantly, you get to see the movie before it hits like public screens in like a year. Uh, Because that's what happens when it's in the festival circuit. It's got to stay in the festival circuit and go through all the festivals. And this is its premiere. So I'll have links all over the place whenever uh, they're, they're applicable in these next few episodes. But yeah, thank you all so much. And we will catch you next week. Fingers crossed.